Welcome to The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. This is the show to help you navigate the challenging moods we all experience as human beings and where you will learn the best strategies to feel the good moods and good vibes we all love to feel. Because when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. This is The Good Mood Show. Now, here's your host, Matt O'Neill. Welcome to The Good Mood Show. I'm your host, Matt O'Neill. Be sure to hit subscribe so that you get a good mood every single week. Today, we are talking with firewalking master, Dave Elbin. He is the number one firewalk instructor in America, and you've heard me right. He helps people walk over 1,000-degree hot coals with his company, Firewalk Productions. Dave worked for Tony Robbins for almost two decades as his firewalk captain, and he's successfully helped more than half a million people overcome their fears and walk over these burning hot coals without getting burned. How? Well, that's what you're going to learn from the man himself. And Dave has a free gift for you. There's a five-minute documentary film about his life. It's incredible. Uh, if you're already a subscriber to The Good Mood Show, you'll receive that film this week. And if not, no worries. You can download that film instantly at goodmoodshow.com just by signing up for our newsletter or reach out to me on the contact page and I'll send it over to you. And if you stay to the end of the episode, Dave is going to offer a link for a substantial discount if you yourself are interested in firewalking or becoming an instructor who can pe help people overcome their fears walking over fire. So in, in our life, we may not actually be faced with burning hot coals to, to traverse, but we're going to encounter challenges that look really daunting. In this episode, you're going to learn the exact methods for embodying confidence in the face of fear that will help you get to the other side of the challenges that life will present you. And I'm very excited to introduce our guest, Dave Albin. Dave, welcome to the Good Mood Show. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. I am so juiced to, to be here, man. What a great show you've got going. It's awesome. Man, man uh, this is so fascinating to me. It was It's actually a bucket list item for me to go mm. and walk over hot coals. I had a ticket to a UPW right when the pandemic hit. Oh, man. And I wanted to go and do the firewalk. The whole point for me going was to face the fear and grow that state to be able to walk over those hot coals. And I, I was just really excited to do it. And, and I, I ended up taking the UPW online instead of in person. So we broke boards with our hands, you know, their fists, yeah. which was still powerful, but it wasn't walking over fire. Nope. <laughs> no, nope, no. Nope. So, so I was gonna. I wanted you in your documentary. You you take us back to the first time you walked over these burning hot coals. Man, were you scared? <laughs> you betcha. Yeah, I was. I was probably you know in the top ten of of people, top ten percent of people that were frightened. In fact, I wasn't going to do it, Matt. I would just no. I'm like, no, this is a hard no for me. It made no sense. Why would you do that? Um, and so I resisted it from the very beginning. Now to set the stage for that though, uh, I mean, I knew going into the event that there was going to be a firewalk, but I made a decision early on. No, but I'm not going to do the firewalk. We'll leave that for the crazy people. I'll watch it, but I'm not going to do it myself. So when you get to a Tony Robbins event for UPW, <clears throat> Tony takes the stage at like two o'clock in the afternoon. And the next thing you know, it's after midnight. So you've been in a room with him for 10 hours 
And he's basically prepping you for the firewalk. And so there's a moment right after midnight, Tony goes, take your shoes off. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, no, uh-uh, pal, you're not tricking me into this. I'm not doing it. Well, here's the challenge. I'm in a room with 3,500 people. Guess what they're doing? They're taking their shoes off. So if I don't take my shoes off, they're all going to know that I'm a coward. So we can't have that. So I'll just fake it. I'll just take them off and I'll just go hide in the back. Well, as Tony's got you going outside into this huge parking lot to do the firewalk, he gets everybody chanting, right? So they're clapping and they're going, yes, yes, yes. And you've got 3,500 people chanting. And so, you know, he said in the ambiance, right? So it's, it's getting pretty intense. And then when you go outside, actually into this large parking lot where the, he's going to facilitate the firewalk, he's got African drummers, right? So now you got, it's dun, 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 dun. And it's, it's unlike anything you could ever imagine. I mean, it is so intense. So how they set this up, especially with like 3,500 people, they start a fire early in the day, probably two or three o'clock in the afternoon, they started the fire and they just keep adding wood to this giant fire. So they build a pits probably eh, 30 feet long, uh, wide, probably 60, 70 feet long. And they add several cords of wood to this thing all day. So it burns and it burns and it burns and it renders. So after midnight, it renders this giant, beautiful pile of coals. They're the most pretty th prettiest things you ever saw in your life. And so what they do, Matt, is they load those coals in a wheelbarrow. And then they take a wheelbarrow and they put the wheelbarrow in between two fire lanes. That fire lane the, that you walk on is about eh, three feet wide, 18 feet long. And so they take a flathead shovel and they just sprinkle those coals on top of that grass. And that's what you walk on. Well, when I get out there, I'm not doing it. So my strategy was, I'm just going to go hide in the back. No one's going to know. Well, Tony knows what a powerful experience this is. He chose this experience specifically on day one of his four-day event because he knows it's one of the most paradigm shift, powerful experiences any human will ever go through, literally. So he wants to make sure everybody participates and, and gets through that. So what he does is he knows all the cowards like me are going to hide in the back. And so what's he do? He trains people to go find you. And, and, and so that's what happened. I'm hiding in the back. I got 3,500 people in front of me. They're chanting. The drums are going. And, and all of a sudden, here comes this guy. And he makes eye contact with me. So Tony must train them. Listen, when you make eye contact with these people, don't take your eyes off them. And so he's, he's, he's made eye contact and he's coming at me and he's coming at me. He probably gets 20 feet from me. And he kind of looks at me like there's something wrong, right? He can kind of tell. And he looks at me kind of fun and he goes, are you okay? And when we're not okay, what do we say? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm fine. Yeah. Oh, I'm good, man. Yeah, all good here, brother. You know, you can be <laughs> on your way, pal. You, you know, leave me alone. And he says, oh, good. Uh, glad to hear that. He says, um, so are you going to walk tonight? And I'm like, did you not get the memo? I'm like, absolutely not. I'm not walking tonight. And he goes, hey, man, that's cool. He goes, listen, we don't want you to do anything you don't want to do. And I thought, wow, okay, I like this guy. He's going to get me out of here. And then here's what happened. Here's a stranger 
I don't know who this guy is to this day. I really wish I did because I wouldn't be here on your podcast, man, if I hadn't, right? My whole life changed because of, this guy asked me a question. One stranger, again, changed my life forever. And the question was, wouldn't you at least like to watch? And I thought for a second, I thought, yeah, sure. That, that'd be funny. That's, that's entertaining. Let's go watch these people burn their feet off. Well, I've got 3,500 people standing in front of me. I can't see anything but a wall of people. And he says, well, look, just get in line and eventually you'll get up there. <laughs> you know, Oh, you'll man, be- he, he totally roped you in. Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, he got me. He, he totally did. But and in his defense, he was telling the truth because I'm 100 yards away. I can't see anything except a sea of people. So I fell for it. I got in line. I'm kind of walking along and walking along. And all of a sudden, this guy comes up to me and he whispers in my ear. And he said, he knows when you're ready. When he says, go, you go. And this guy just disappeared into the night. And I'm like, what was that? Where did that guy come from? And so now I'm just, I'm mesmerized, right? You, your brain is looking for answers. It's trying to figure stuff out. I mean, you know, it's so intense and, and the people chanting and the drums. And, and all of a sudden I get to a point, Matt, where I can't see in front of me, but I can see at an angle. And guess what? They're doing it. Every race, creed, and color person is firewalking. And my brain is going, what in the hell are they doing? Why are they doing this? What, you know, metaphorically, what's going on here? And I'm just watching and I'm just mesmerized. It's like, you know, it's a trance. You know, you're just so enthralled in watching these people do this. You can't take your eyes off it. And I'm watching and I'm watching and I'm watching. And the next thing I know, guess what? Guess where I am? The front of the line. I'm at the front of the line. And so now it's fight or flight because I'm looking down at this three foot you know, piece of grass that's 18 feet long and the coals are on top of them and they're glowing bright red. The wheelbarrow's there. You can feel the heat coming off and I am staring into the abyss. I literally thought my heart was going to come out, bounce out of my chest. I am out of my mind with fear. And so there's a trainer standing there and all of a sudden the trainer goes, eyes up, like you idiot. Were you not in the room for 10 hours with Tony? Guess what he teaches you? Keep your eyes up. Don't stare at what you fear. Look to the celebration end of this. Keep your eyes focused on that. And so all of a sudden the trainer goes, squeeze your fist and say yes. And I went, yes. And he went, stronger. And I went, yes. And so he could tell I was leaving a lot on the table. I was not in a peak state. And he said, stronger. And so now I'm like irritated, right? So I threw my hands in the air and I screamed at the top of my lungs, yes. And he goes, go, go, go. Pooh, I took off. Well, at the end of the lane, Tony puts two people and they lock arms and they stop you. And they're like, stop, wipe your feet and celebrate. And so I'm wiping my feet and I start to celebrate. And all of a sudden I go, oh my gosh, I've burnt myself really, really bad. And I lift up my right foot and I look at it. It's dirty, but there's no burns. Oh, it's my other foot. I can feel it. It's burnt. I look at it. I'm having ghost pains. It's dirty, but there's no burns. And so now I'm looking back and I'm like, what just happened? I just walked on coals that were a thousand degrees and I didn't burn myself. And I didn't have a clue how I did it. 
right? Ever done something really cool? And, and you, do, you don't even know how you did it, but you're like, yep, that was this guy right here. That was me. Yes, I've done that's that. That's where I, right? I mean, that's where I am at that point. And so totally disbelief. One of the most exhilarating moments of my life along with 3,500 people that are all feeling the same exhilaration, right? And, and so it's so many lessons for life. You know, the, oh, the, gosh, yeah. the one that I, I got from you was eyes up. It, eyes it, up. Stop looking directly at the danger because all that's doing is mesmerizing you and how, and how bad it's going to hurt and, and creating more and more fear and more and more anxiety. And so- Because, right, because at that point, fear- is exhilaration without the breath, right? To be fearful, you got to hold your breath for the most part, right? Right. Because when you get scared, what do you do? What do we do? We go, <gasps> yeah. but then we don't breathe. And so Tony teaches you to breathe. <clears throat> get your lungs full of oxygen. Get your brain thinking. And if you watch, I think you mentioned the Oprah in the pre-call we were talking. If you go uh, Google Oprah's Firewalk, you'll see her. She's losing it, man. And she's not breathing. But, he, but Tony comes back to her and he says, Oprah, what's the worst that can happen here? Burn your feet off and die? Come on. I'm going to make sure you don't get hurt. So there I am. One of the most exhilarating moments of my entire life. I felt like I could accomplish anything. I mean, it is such a cool feeling. Well, but here's where it gets really interesting. This is what got me was the next day. So. UPW is four days. That's day one. That night we do the firewalk. We're coming in for day two. And we're standing in the foyer. And we're getting ready to go into the venue. And I'm standing there with 3,500 people who all did something the night before that's totally not believable. And I'd never seen anything like it. Our self-worth, our self-confidence, and our self-belief about ourselves had been elevated to a whole new level. So we were vibrating together, you know, with this instant camaraderie. And I'm seeing people connect and they're, they're laughing, they're crying, they're hugging, they're telling their story. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is spectacular. And I've never been in a group like that ever, other than a Tony Robbins seminar the next day after a firewall. It happens every single time. So now I'm just totally, you know, you know, like firewalking. Is that what happened? Is that why we're like this? And the answer was absolutely. And that's when I, you know, I found out, I got to know one of Tony's trainers. And he said, hey, you see all these people back here that have these special shirts on? He goes, those are all volunteers. They're people just like you who came to an event, who came back to serve. So if you really like that part, when you get home, call Robin's Research. They'll send you an application, fill it out, send it back. And if they like what they see and hear from you, you might get selected to come volunteer. Because there's no guarantees, but, you know, we always miss the shots we don't take. And so I did that. After the event, I called Robin's. They sent me the application. I filled it out. It was like four pages long. Sent it back. And sure enough, a couple of weeks later, guess what? I get in the mail. Congratulations, Dave Alvin. You've been selected to crew the Anthony Robbins UPW in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Well, the next thing I know, there I am. I'm at, I'm at a Tony Robbins event. Uh, and what led up to Tony Robbins is, you know, to backtrack a little bit here, um, I, you know, at a time in my life, I was grossly addicted to drugs and alcohol. 
And, and that my drinking started when I was 11 years old. I was adopted at five. And when my adoptive parents adopted me, they stopped drinking. But at the age of 11, they started drinking again. And on the first day of summer in 1964, they set me down and said, David, we need to tell you something. And I'm like, okay, what's that? What's going on? They said, we're not your parents. What do you mean you're Ooh, not my parents? Man, that, right? that'll, that'll shift your paradigm. Oh, man. I, I literally, Matt, that was it. That was the day my life sort of took a hard turn. And so I'm trying to process that at 11 years old. They're not my parents. They're really my aunt and uncle. My biological mother put me up for adoption and her sister and, and her uh, uh, brother-in-law at that time adopted me. Well, shortly after that happened, they both started drinking. And this wonderful, beautiful life that I had got pretty crappy really quickly. And so they left one day. And, and, um, uh, uh, and back in those days, you would, you'd leave your kid home at 11 years old, because you just call the neighbor across the street and say, hey, Joanne, uh, we're leaving David. We're, Bob and I are going shopping. If he needs anything, can he just come over and knock on your door? Yeah, of course. That's the way you did things in the right. 60s. Yeah, of course. Literally, right? Yeah. You didn't lock your doors. I mean, it was just a whole different way of life. Right. I grew, I grew up like that. We, we never locked our door. Right. My, my wife and I talk about this too. She, as a third grader, she would come home and just make herself a snack. She, she would walk home from school by herself as a third grade student, get home, feed herself, turn on the TV by herself. And she just yep. was self-sufficient. It doesn't sound like uh, feasible or good parenting today, but at the time that was totally acceptable and absolutely normal. And it worked. Yeah. Because what you didn't want to do is be inside. If you were inside, you were being punished. Yeah, you needed to get outside and, and you need go, to have go fun. outside. Yeah, get on your bike. Go get on your go, bike, find, go a, find some friends. Go find friends. Go play red light, green light. Get on but your there skateboard. Were, there were ride no your bicycle. video games. There were no computers. Nothing. There was nothing to do inside. So we were all outside having fun together. Other than homework. Yeah. Right. So that's where you stayed inside. So you know, again, you didn't want to be inside. When they left, I knew where they were where the booze was. Now, I don't want to say they were hiding it, but it was in a cabinet. And I'm like, you know, what is this thing? What? Why is everything changing? Every time they drink that stuff, something bad starts happening. So I, I was investigating. I was curious. I wanted to know. So I went and I grabbed it and I put it on the table and it was brandy. And I took a, I took a normal Oh, God, gross. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> so I took a coffee cup, right? I filled it up about halfway. And I just drank it. Uh, all in one, all in one go. Nasty. One go. Yeah. And you know what? I never had a chance. Yep. I was done. I was a. I was an alcoholic right on the spot because mm. I started thinking alcoholically right there. I wanted to drink again. I was willing to steal it. I was willing to hide it. And so my career, if you will, as an alcoholic started at eleven. <laughs> And, and it I, got worse and worse and worse. And I, and right? I, you know, and, and I, I saw from the documentary film that you ended up getting into harder drugs, marijuana, yes. and then cocaine and heroin, and and then that that you ended up going to AA, and that really yeah. AA saved your life. And I, I am a huge fan of Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, and, good. Thank um, you. The twelve steps, I think, is a godsend. In fact. I know God is such a central piece of that whole organization. I was yes. going to ask you about this. Like, what is it about this surrendering everything to a higher power that really helps get you back on your feet with AA? 
Um, well, the first thing you're introduced to is the camaraderie. You know, you're 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 in a room. I I happened to go to a AA meeting that was all men, and these guys they knew. I mean, I put a I put a gun in my in my mouth that morning when I woke up on June eighth of nineteen eighty eight. I was grossly addicted to heroin, cocaine, alcohol, cigarettes. I mean, I was a five car collision, a train wreck, and a plane crash all rolled into one. So. Um, I had a moment of compassion and rather than blow my brains out because I was married to a woman who had three kids, they were my stepkids. I went, you can't do that, man. They don't deserve that. I was living in the basement. They were all living upstairs. And I just remember thinking, man, you can't do that. That's wrong. And so I didn't. And, and the next thing I thought I had is we'll call AA. I got a que- I got a question. What do you think was it that, that implanted that thought? Call AA in your mind. Well, it, it, it's a divine intervention. It has to be because I didn't have any references. None. Again, I didn't. I'd never been to a meeting. I didn't know what it was, so I have no I idea love, to this. I love that man. Isn't it awesome when we get that that blessing? <sighs> just it just shows you the power of God, and that and that even in our darkest times, there's always there's always that love there. Hey, if you love to stay in good moods as much as I do, be sure to hit the subscribe button on the Good Mood Show podcast. That way we could get you a good mood every single week. And look, if you know someone else that could use a good mood, share the show with them. Send them a text message. Let them know about the Good Mood Show and let's brighten up the world. So my stepdad uh, successfully recovered from alcoholism with AA. And continued to go oh, wow. to meetings uh, until the end of his life, and uh, it saved his life, man. Yeah, and and made and he made all this redemption. He he was able to yeah. uh, to write a lot of things that hadn't gone right during during his time. And I asked him about what was so powerful about it, and it's the same thing you described. It's just unconditional love. Like the people in that meeting love you unconditionally, regardless of what you've done. They totally get you. They totally accept you. And they're there for you. Like John calling you at 8 a.m. Like who does that, man? Who cares about you that much that they're waking up with you on their mind at 8 a.m. to make sure that yeah. you're okay? I mean, that's, that's, it's beautiful. This is a total stranger. And they know, man, they knew I was in bad shape. They knew I put a pistol in my mouth twice that morning. So, you know, they knew, Hey, we got, you know, we got to watch this kid. And you're absolutely right. The camaraderie, the connection, you know, when someone in AA looks at you and goes, Hey man, I know how you feel. I went through that exact thing. You, you know, they're congruent. They're telling you the truth. So that's magical in and of itself. And of course, what do we, and then once we get into the maintenance steps, then it's really just, you know, maintaining your spiritual conditioning. Cause all we really have is a daily reprieve based on the maintenance of that spiritual condition. And so you also get, you know, keep your side of the street clean and then, you know, what I love about AA is in the middle there, it's it's called the preamble. And the preamble says, when anyone anywhere reaches out, I want the hand of AA to be there. And for that, I'm responsible. Well, I took that to heart. Because what happened is when I got sober, I had insomnia. So I was up late at night all the time. I, my sleep patterns were all over the place. And I'm up late one night. And guess what I watch? An, an infomercial. An infomercial of Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins, Gunthy Ranker. There he is, a young Tony Robbins selling his personal power program. Which is awesome, by the way. Uh, personal yeah. Power and Personal Power 2 were two of the first programs that I ever listened to wow. of anybody. Right. And it was like I had it on cassette tapes. <laughs> like <laughs> Those little white oh, things, oh, yeah, right? You remember those? Like those yeah. are real. They actually you're existed. Up, 
your audience may not even know what those are. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And I, so I had like, and it, it was so big because there were so many of them. Yeah, but yeah so right? you, there was. So you, yeah, it was a whole month. So you, a whole month you, got, of you got into personal power, which is just an awesome program. Yeah. And then how did you get to an event? Well, that's what happened was, is that now I've got the personal, personal development industry and AA colliding in my life at the same time. Mm. So what happened, how I got to Tony was after, you know, watching the, the program and going through them and doing what the man taught me to do. I loaned my program to a buddy in AA. Seven years later, right? This was happening in 88, 89. And then in 95, my buddy calls me and says, hey, did you know Tony Robbins is coming to town? And I went, I don't know. I didn't have a clue. And he goes, dude, come on, let's go. You got me into this. You've got to go with me. And I said, well, what's the date? I looked at it and I go, I'm in. I can go. He goes, great. I'll call you back. He was so excited. He calls me back an hour later and he goes, done. We pick up the tickets at Will Call. Here's what they told us to do. Number one. Uh, drink a lot of water, hydrate, keep yourself hydrated during this event. Number two, bring snacks because you're going to spend a lot of time in the room. <laughs> what, what an understatement that is, right? right. And he said, um, uh, uh, bring a good attitude and be ready to play full out. I said, Dan, how much was the ticket? He said, $700. <laughs> I'm like, what? This is a 95, right? Right. What's that worth today? Seven grand. Right. And I said, Dan, don't you worry. 700 bucks, I'll play full out. So that, that was means, it. That means you have to walk on fire when he asks you to walk on fire. Well, and here's the thing. And, and as he's telling me, you know, what's going on at the end, he goes, oh, by the way, before I get off the phone, let me tell you, we're going to be doing a fire walk. <laughs> and I remember going, oh, hell no. Hell oh, no. no. This, is, this is what the dialogue in my head. I'm going, oh, no. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. And you know what's even interesting, more interesting about that, Matt? I was saying no to something. I had no idea what I was saying no to. I don't know what a firewalk was. Yeah. It just sounded scary, and I'm not doing it because fear is running my life. Yeah, and this, this is one of my favorite quotes uh, from you, and it's, fear is there to guide you. Yeah. Why, why is fear there to guide you? Well, because you don't want it to become your jailer, right? Fear, fear is good if it stops you from doing dumb stuff that can get you killed. Like walking so on we hot have, coals. Yeah. And that <laughs> didn't sound like anything that sounded, you know, anything good about fear at all that. Yeah. Fear of, you know, so what's the acronym? Is it, is it forget everything and run or is it face everything and rise? So you, we decide that, right? Uh, AA, I love what AA says. It says false images appearing real. And so, yeah, you know, fear is there to guide you. Just don't let it become your jailer. And that's what it had done to me. It was taking everything from me. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. I was scared of this. I'm scared of that. <clears throat> I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing it to just overrun my life. And that's what, and, you I know, what, what, what we've learned, what I've learned is that, you know, the fears we don't overcome become our, our limits. And that's, that's what a firewalk experience can do is that it says, if I can, if I can face that fear, which is basically the fear of death, stare it down and, and confidently conquer that, then I can do the things I'm afraid of in my ordinary life. Absolutely. Like have that hard phone call with the person I know I should yep. call or, yep. or forgive the person I know I should forgive, mm, but it's hard to do. There you go. Now and, you're really getting deep. 
especially are, when it gets into forgiveness. What are some of the other ways that you've seen people transform their life? Like what are some ordinary challenges that you've seen people be able to face after they firewalked? Um, well, like make that hard phone call. Uh, one guy right off the top, he's a Google executive and a uh, great guy. We've become really good friends. And uh, Wade, um, uh, we did the firewalk that night. And I, I change it up a little bit in my firewalks. I add a, a really interesting di- dimension to it. I do the board break in addition to the firewalk. So it's a martial arts move. And so what I do, Matt, is I have them write something on front of the board they need to move towards or they want to move towards to a goal. Uh, on the back of the board, I have them write anything on the board that they need to stop doing. And then I invite them to write anybody's name, put anybody's name on that board that they're in conflict with and that they need to forgive or make restitution and reconciliation with. Well, um, my, my Wade wrote his dad because he had been in conflict with his dad for years. They had a horrible relationship. The other thing I have them do and invite them to do is to write anybody's name on the board that they've lost. So that turns it into an ancestral type rite of passage. So we break the board and then I take them out to the firewalk. I have them take a picture of their board so they can see the goal they wrote on the front and what they need to move away from on the back, all the names of the people that they need to reconcile with and then anybody that they've lost. And that way they can put it on a screensaver on their phone if they want. And then they break the board. We go out to the fire. We do the firewalk. And then when they come back around, I have them take the board and toss it into the fire. Well, when Wade did that, that 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 opened him up to the forgiveness side of life, which gave him the courage to call his dad and reconcile. And then, you know, and I, I've had this happen on more than one occasion. I had one guy that did this and he called his father that he was in conflict with. His dad was a bad alcoholic. And he called him and his father died two days later, but he made restitution and they, you know, they reached a, a wonderful forgiveness agreement two days prior to his father dying. So, you know, when you do stuff like this, you just never know what that's going to open up and, and really just, you know, set you free. Um, uh, so the truth will set you free. And that's what that does. The firewalk itself, though, can open you up to just, just about anything. Because like you said, you know, if I can fire walk and I can walk on coals that are a thousand degrees and not burn myself, what else can I do? And that's why Tony uses it on day one, because he knows the next morning, there you go. You're in the four year. You're connecting with people at a high level. Your frequency's off the chain. And then, you know, then you're walking into the room and he's like, OK, firewalkers, what else can we do here? What else can we accomplish? And that's the beauty. I'm too young. I'm too old. I don't have enough money. Right. I don't have enough education. I'm not smart enough. I hate the, I hate the one that where people say, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. Yeah. I don't have time. I don't have time to to worry about my health. I've got too many other priorities. You, You should see if only you saw my life, right. Then you would know that I, I can't possibly do this. Uh, we call that the C word at our house. Can't. Okay. Can't, yeah, can't, right? can't is the only bad word. And it's, uh, I remember one time my, uh, my daughter said to her aunt, Aunt Annie, uh, when Aunt Annie said can't, she's like, Aunt Annie, you just said the C word. And Aunt Annie was like, <laughs> what? I did not. <laughs> like, 
Wow. <laughs> they're like, yeah. yeah, you did. So my kids will call you out on saying can't. I love that. And these and these limitations, I mean, that's what this whole show is about. So I, I just want to, I want to bring this to a practical everyday use. When I'm feeling fear and I don't want to do something that I know I should do, how do I change my state in that moment to confidence? So that Get I up and move and breathe. Get up and move and breathe. Shake your body out. Move your body. Because if you start moving your body like a professional athlete and you start breathing and you take a lot of oxygen deep into your lungs, that interrupts the pattern. And if you and if you go to any Tony Robbins seminar or you, or you go to any of the, some of the best motivational speakers uh, out there, they're all going to tell, most of them are going to tell you the same thing. You've got to interrupt the pattern. Patterns are everything. Yeah. Make your move. And, Say yes. Make your move. Say Make yes. Make your move. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's why it, I was having my daughters beat their chest, literally beat their chest and say yes, because that was, and, and you know, you look at an athlete that just scored a touchdown, look at his celebration. Yeah. Right. He just made a big play. Look at the way they celebrate. That is the move. That is the move that gives us confidence. So when we're feeling fearful, stand up embody a powerful state, make a move like a celebration like you would if you just got a first down or just got the big interception. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you can charge forward confidently in the face of thousand degree hot coals. Man, man, Dave, this has been incredible. Guys, if you want to watch his documentary film, uh, just go to goodmoodshow.com and sign up for our newsletter or reach out on the contact page. We'll be sure we send it to you. And Dave, there's people listening that are going to want to get in touch with you become a firewalk instructor or just have a firewalk experience, how would they get in touch with you? Uh, real simple. You know, just go to our website. It's uh, firewalkadventures.com, all one word. And then uh, anybody that's got any um, interest in the academy, when you get to our website in the top left-hand corner, I think it is, it says academy. You can click on that and then you can get all the information there. And then if you're serious and you want to come to the academy and do this, and we'll teach you all of this stuff. Uh, it's about a week long up here in the Appalachian Mountains. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's stunning, very majestic. It's a beautiful place to do the training. Um, uh, if you use code for watching your show, Matt, uh, 6828, we'll give you a substantial discount. So we only take on 10 people uh, per event. And the reason for that is we keep it very intimate. And uh, that way, they everybody gets one-on-one -on -one training with me and my team. Man, thank you so much for bringing <laughs> this and, and for that offer to to our audience. But I, just being in your presence, I feel more confident that I can face today's challenges with that firewalk ability. So, yeah. man, Dave, thank you so much, man. My pleasure to be here, Matt. Thanks again. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. For free resources, videos, and materials about getting into your best moods, head over to thegoodmoodshow.com. And remember, when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. See you next week. Same time, same place.